0: Oh man guys this is uh DJ week here on Epsilon Radio. Uh, the Almighty had to uh take off a bit early. Uh, but I've been honored that uh DeWin, you know, Smooth Sailing man himself has stayed around. So shout outs to DeWin. <laughs> He's still here for another 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and as advertised, Amanda's on the aren't there. Yes. Back to Future. Yes, sounds. back to future sounds. Which we're going to talk about. Yes, Cause sounds I, good. Because I have so many questions. I feel like this whole week, this whole radio station, I've said this a million times and I can just keep saying it, it's all like these satellite people that I know of that I'm trying to get to know directly, you know? Mm. Who needs Kevin Bacon? You know, I want to be in the movie <laughs> too. Do you guys know that game?
1: Of the five uh, states? Six,
0: six stages to Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that one, Amanda? No. It's like these uh, college kids in the 90s figured out that if you can follow Kevin Bacon in all of his movies, you can get to anybody in the world. So they play this game about like, uh, you start with a Kevin Bacon movie, and then you have to figure out, you'll say like Kevin Bacon and Will Smith, and then you have to figure out the movies to get to Will Smith. Mm. And it was like this game. So that's how I feel how Copenhagen is for me. Like I'm always trying Mm -hmm. to like get the connection. How do I get to this person?
1: Yeah, but I feel like Copenhagen, that's like two stages at most. Yeah. <laughs> t- yeah. To yeah. Anyone. So far has
0: been two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Uh and thank you for the invitation. Yeah. <laughs> but so many uh everybody so many this week have said, "Oh, when Amanda's here, make sure you say hello for me." So your Yosef- affinity said to make sure we tell you hello.
2: Oh yeah, we live in the same uh, yeah. same building actually.
0: And also, uh, <laughs> Harrison was here yesterday, oh. and he said he he sent the same sentiment to say hello. That's Harrison Heat.
2: Harrison yeah. Heat Love this guy. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, I don't even know where to begin. So, I don't know much about you. Should we start with how you started DJing? That's the easiest question.
2: Oh yeah, and um, when. Well, I think I've always been the person in charge of the mu- music uh, to every party in my youth. Yeah. Uh, always tried, you know, we need this sound uh, equipment. And I brought, bought an old vinyl and tried to, you know, scratch and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it started early. Um, but then like professionally, uh, yeah. it was actually my friend uh, Eben, uh okay. who did a fashion show and she was like you always play such cool music uh would, would you, you like to to DJ at my my fashion event and i was like yeah sure and, and how
0: did you what did you use then did you just i think just it was
2: a, mixer? a, a analog mixer okay. uh and then i think i had a cd cdj's you yeah. know the old school cd's where you had to like have all the tracks sorted out before you you burn uh, the CDs. On, on actual CDs. On actual CDs. And that's old school yeah. yeah, so you really... <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, that was how I started. Yeah. Um, and then slowly, you know, getting more and more, like, friends to talk and to DJ parties. And, yeah.
0: and how long ago was that?
2: Oh, man. Uh, I think I started professiona- professionally uh, maybe three years ago uh but this event happened maybe 7 years ago maybe okay. yeah
0: okay and like what um do you have a genre that you prefer
2: um actually uh i mix a lot of stuff uh, because I usually get bored myself if I play too much of the same genre, like if I played uh, all house set, yeah, um, or all you know Brazilian yeah. or all hip hop, you know, I would, I, I like I love to explore and how the different genres can kind of like go on a journey together, you know. Uh, so so do that's you
0: when you do stuff like that? Do you think of it as like you're just doing it to keep yourself entertained, or mm-hmm. are you like kind of trolling the audience? It's <laughs> and teaching them, I feel like some yeah, so many DJs. Yeah. It's like also like yeah, but they d- I need to like teach them yeah. about about this. You yeah. kind of have that r- a bit, will right? Like you should a little bit, right? I don't like know. I don't
1: know that I'm a good teacher, but the the sentiment, for yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a it's a combination, because of course you need. I think actually it's been so hard this year making mixes because you i am so used to i'm having the same br- i'm making a a mix for DR for next week okay. DR radio yeah. and right now I'm actually struggling because I'm like used to you know getting having tracks that I know work on people because uh, cause yeah okay y- yeah i'm i'm i've I'm, I, re- I really noticed the audience and yeah. where I can take them okay and really try to explore while playing mm. um so i think yeah that's why it's a combination of course sometimes you play a track and it's like oh my god i should never like it yeah. n- wasn't the vibe and then yeah, sometimes that was my next question yeah yeah like sometimes you don't get scared that
0: you're just gonna like bomb yeah but,
2: yeah but sometimes you just need to try yeah because right. you never you never develop if you don't try yeah so
0: yeah have you ever bombed well oh <laughs> 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 That that you can even ask me. yeah
1: so so many times yeah um I feel like so many times, so many times. No, but, but that's also just you know that comes back to the playing wedding stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. I feel like in a professional setting or whatever. Not that, no, not that many times, but a couple. Yeah, yeah. you learn what from it. What
0: did you, did you? We talked before. You were hear about like having this like panic button, and you try to like, you you completely panic, and then you try to play what the crowd wants to hear, and then it like makes it worse. Mm. Yeah,
1: I think in that sense, I would always try to just like stick to my guns yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah because if you do that then it, yeah it just yeah exactly it just makes it worse
0: i feel like i so i've only i've dj we've talked about it before but uh but i've dj'd friends parties and weddings and whatever and bombed sometimes and had some good times but i have the radio station right and i have like the last in the beginning i was like so concerned about like keeping the listeners like listening like i only have like this this little number in the corner and mm. i started like straight up like dodging it like I don't look at it anymore I need Mm -hmm. to look at the screen without looking at the number of listeners and there's been times DJing here where I won't let them like promote it like I'm like please don't like uh (laughs) please don't tell anybody I'm DJing like because I know I I know I want to try like this this genre and nobody's gonna like it and there was even one time where I just like waited like so the point is that we have the quiz we have all these listeners and then like you DJ to keep them right Mm -hmm. and there was one time I was like no I'm not gonna do that and I just waited like a half hour or something and I waited till it went to like two listeners and I was like, all right now I'm <laughs> gonna start DJing and then <laughs> I didn't look and then I didn't look at it anymore that night. And that was my uh Ratchet as fuck playlist. Oh well. Cool. DJ set. Oh that was great, actually. Yeah. And I used I used I used uh like videos from YouTube. Like I, oh. I did a lot with uh Bad Baby. Mm. <laughs> I think I told you this story, but yeah, I used like the clip of her from on Doctor Phil as like my looper. Like sort of get in between the tracks. She was like my air horn, like catch me outside, like, and then I would go, and then I went to like Megan the Stallion interviews, and like, it was so much fun. Yeah, that But w- I had but to I not look at the number because yeah. if I if I if I looked at the number, I would have like stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was listening in on that. That was really oh cool. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I it was it was awesome. I've, but I was if like I also really love putting in Random. speeches and stuff. My not when I'm DJing yeah so much but like with mixtapes yeah like weird video things yeah i'm silly i, I think i'm sp- always
0: making like a mixtape or like an album when i'm because i haven't done it the real way yet but all uh, right so amanda what is back to the future uh, you are a founder you're one of the founders
2: Yeah, I'm the actual founder. You are the yeah, founder. Yeah, and then I borrowed some money from my mom. Yeah. Okay. That's how it started. Yeah. <laughs> and w-
0: and what is it for those that don't know?
2: Um so it actually started out as a label yeah. um where I wanted to uh release electronic music mainly uh and niche, of course, because let's face it that, there needs some some of the more niche in Copenhagen yeah. and I wanted to do things differently or at least try to yeah um so I tried to I started out with doing uh this is five years ago yeah so I started out doing a lot of events uh around the artist and created you know funny PR stories like we did a tinder release because okay. it was a really dirty track <laughs> and, <laughs> and we released something but uh, how did wait? Tinder me release. back that like
0: well how does that work Tinder release? You can't just graze over that. Oh, one. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, what did, yeah, yeah that So, so, fun.
2: so the the track was it was actually Vacle, uh, a female producer, electronic yeah. producer. Yeah. Really cool girl. Check her out. Um, and um, she did this. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, so she did this. Th- I can't remember the lyrics. It was, it's it's uh, um uh, it's years ago, but it was kind of dirty. Uh, and then I was like, okay, it's super boring. Everybody want to do a premiere on you know these and these magazines and you know everybody does that yeah so i was like okay let's take the track into the actual storytelling of like the context of the track okay so we created a profile uh where it was her and so people could match with her and then get a pre-listen of her album so she was flirting with the people matching with her and Ah, then they could so cool that's so cool so and, uh, did,
0: but did people know that's what they were doing did they, they were like oh yeah
2: yeah there was some ethical catch me outside. yeah there was some, like people <laughs> actually got a little bit angry some people <laughs> really? because okay. they were like i'm here looking for love fuck you <laughs> love <on Tinder>. yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah no yeah like yeah, you yeah. know there it was promote we, we we used it as a promoting tool yeah, and, yeah yeah and and that kind of crashed a little bit it didn't didn't do it that much because uh, people thought it was funny but there were some people that was kind of like angry about it but mm-hmm. yeah. seriously that went nuts in the in the magazines like uh, yeah, of a course. lot of uh, like so cool. uh, international yeah. magazines wrote about it in UK and actually a lot in France okay mm. uh, we got her on the a playlist on spotify in, fr- in France because because,
0: because of, of that, that. Yeah. That so, cool. so
2: that that was how we tried to work around it, and then we tried to work around, uh, especially the experience around, like a lot of upcoming artists in back in the days played at uh, VCA, yeah. st- and no no offense to that, but we wanted to take the artists out in their, yeah you know out experiences, a whole yeah. a whole experience around the music and the artists. So we oh. took we did we were first label to do a rooftop session okay uh and then we did uh row beat boys we had those sign i don't know if you know them kind um, of like daft punk ish okay. but mm. like electronic duo and we took them in the dome of vision okay mm. visions is called yeah and then we d- built this whole robot universe with analog machines and stuff okay. like that oh, cool. so that was how it started i was always like focused on the culture and the universe and then we incorporated the long-term strategy was actually to get more brand-focused, okay. Working with brands in mm. culture because let's face it, niche music in Denmark, you you can. Yeah. It's a hard, hard business to earn money in that.
0: Hmm. Field. I mean, and yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Berlin—they just don't care. They yeah. just yeah, yeah. don't earn the money. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's
1: <And laughs> That's. Uh, it's actually making me think about the Berlin thing, what yeah. you're describing. Like that's—it's so cool to. S- because it's something you don't see in copenhagen exactly as you say like you just go this route like okay you play the small venue and then you play the big venue exactly and no op- you know no offense to any of that but yeah. it's like yeah for for someone who's uh yeah maybe you know,
0: i want to take a step to the right not forward yeah can
1: do more stuff in the street that's like something yeah. that berlin does really well yeah and i feel like yeah most most stuff that is really cool in copenhagen is Kind of stuff that looks to Berlin a little bit.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. yeah I, I've I've been inspired by Berlin in a oh. with a lot of our events because we d- we took over I a lot of container. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> container cities. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. Yeah.
0: But I think uh, for me, uh, that Berlin for me is great because as a creative, and I've said this, I don't know if I've said it live on the air before, but for me, the what I love about Berlin, and I'll always live and die for Berlin, is that like you have these city capitals and most of them are like economic capitals and culture capitals but the nice thing about berlin is it's only a cultural capital Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. economics are kind of you can do take them or leave them like everybody's kind of working in a bar and nobody thinks about it twice they're just like i work in this bar but i have this crazy two thousand square meter studio where i make like rubber tires into i don't know video art or something Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and then my friend is DJing there on the weekends or something so I Mm -hmm. think yeah I completely get it It it's hard to do those things and definitely that was my main reason for coming to Europe specifically to Berlin first because Mm -hmm. in New York it was like working like seven days a week and then finally getting a studio to make stuff I was still making visual arts at the time and just having like 10 square meters and like wanting to do more but not being able to yeah Mm -hmm. yeah all right so
2: so yeah that's that's how it started out yeah Uh, and then i figured out okay if i need to make a living uh, within music and and culture um, we focused more and more on building events um, and did more of brands incorporating yeah into the events and then we did a lot of concepts but still with the focus on building something within copenhagen and you know with culture so we did something called btf thursdays okay where we uh, each i think it was each every second thursday or something like that yeah. uh, where we had uh, uh, different communities to come host the events to to kind of create a platform where creatives could meet because like like in Copenhagen yeah we know each other every second yeah um person, but yeah. yeah every second person but but the communities that uh, there's a lot of sub- subcultures but they kind yeah. of don't talk no. together yeah mm. uh, so that was the aim of that um and then we built that up and then eventually the brands was like hey you guys are cool like we, can you make us an event so we was d- there
0: one brand like what was the first brand that you were like oh i didn't even know they knew who uh, what mm. we were doing on this mm. side this is amazing
2: i think uh it's me contacting them it's okay. not the other way around okay. though I, in the beginning and yeah. especially with new business and stuff yeah. like that yeah. but where we are now it's like where we are more this um we're through these btf thursdays we have we built a, a great community with yeah. a lot of creatives and a lot of community. so we we have a w- now we call ourselves a cultural lab okay. a platform where we try to you know get different person personalities in and different communities and stuff like that both physically but also digitally
0: and what is like the biggest what is that transition like from trans transitioning to just being a part of the culture loving the culture and then trying to convince i mean for lack of a better word like suits and ties to like that your 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 culture that you've created has value that they should like Mm. be be partnered in or
2: I think it's taking it it's still a struggle. Yeah. Because they don't they don't see the value of 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 the niche communities because yeah. those are the different ones. They those are the actual that can bring differentiate your brand yeah. Yeah. towards like the mainstream. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think they are getting more and more aware of it. I'm I'm getting more and more like understanding of okay we actually see the value uh, yeah. for example we've worked with a lot of of bigger big brands now and they actually see the value of the work we do.
0: Do you know if there was like a a point at which or a point of emphasis that they were like okay now we can fuck with BTF like now we can mess with them because like now they have this number was it like a point or was it just like organically?
2: Organically. Yeah. yeah um and i think uh, a lot of hard work of still you know doing the follow-up beating on. yeah yeah uh, like the follow-up i've seriously some of the brands i've been working on for five years
0: okay just standing on oh. a soapbox soap yeah, yeah, in front uh, of their door yeah yeah. Be like, like
2: hey now we did this where are you at mm. and like mm. them <coughs> shifting brand managers all the time and then suddenly you you actually write to a brand manager where it's like hey i understand what you're doing
0: And then did that, uh, because actually, for me, it's kind of the reason I stopped doing visual arts. It was just like standing on the soapbox wasn't fun anymore. And it was like kind of affecting my artistic output. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, to the point where I don't do it anymore. I haven't, and this, and and, 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 in in retrospect, it was good because I wouldn't have gotten to this. And I love, this is more what I actually wanted to do is like talk to people and meet them and i love mm-hmm. the culture mm-hmm. more than i love the actual producing the art i guess mm. at, mm-hmm. at, th- at least at this stage in my life yeah and how do you uh and this is for m- me and mostly for people that are going to listen to this who are thinking like what is my next step if there is a next step how do you not do that how do you kind st- con- somehow in generic terms stay true to the culture or the the the, the brand that you've built with your community mm-hmm. um, a, and not tailor it to like a corporation that w- or not a corporate, but a, a brand that wants you to do something else
2: I think what I'm what we're trying to do is being a intermediary okay. you know like uh, being the one between the brands understanding the brands and yeah. understanding the artists okay but we, what we do is give the artist a lot of responsibility okay Uh, and that's what i believe is the most authentic authentic Uh, and um and that that's what i believe is also gonna keep us being authentic okay Hmm. and also keeping you know like um giving the creatives there i really give them a lot of space because i really get inspired by just giving them space yeah and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes it creates like a a long process but I feel that's super important.
0: That's super cool. Yeah. I, that's like the gatekeeper role. I mean, that's kind of like exactly. If in if I take the f- visual arts thing again, that's what the gallery is supposed to do for the artists they represent. Like, yeah. you stay over there, like collector. You just give me your money and let them do what they do, and I'll tell you when they're ready to like have dinner at your house or do whatever or even sell you a painting. You just chill over here, and I'll tell you when they're ready. Exactly. Don't talk to my artist at all, <laughs> like you know yeah, yeah. uh not that you're doing that but that's just no, like no, but
2: yeah but i i think it's also because we as we started as a label and not like a pure agency yeah we mm-hmm. kind of got the understanding of how artists work yeah and the value of their work yeah which i don't think a lot of create other creatives agencies uh, maybe have you know yeah. uh, but i think we have a, a also, to explain to the brands why we're giving them a lot of of, of responsibility.
0: Yeah. Mm.